Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends and entertainment in baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm your brand new co-host Gina Brzao, s'mores obsessed and amateur baker at best. As always, I'm joined by professional chef, cookbook author, and creator of Bigger Boulder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Gina. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling very fall today. Very LA of me. I'm wearing a sweater and flip-flops, so I, I can't decide. Yeah, it kind of evens, <laughs> one evens out. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's actually, it's really nice, isn't it, the weather it's right n- now? It's like warm, but not too warm. It has a little chill in the air. I like it. I'm trying to think, is it like in the 70s? I think it's 72 today is what <gasps> that's I, my Lexa said. That's perfect weather. That's nice, like, um, that's like nice LA weather. Nice LA weather. It's our, it's LA fall for those of you who don't know, which is embarrassing, I guess, because everyone else is bundled up. Um, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. I'm really excited. Great. I'm excited because we're, it's, I'm hoping it's fall stuff and holiday stuff. There's some fall, there's some Halloween at the end. We've okay, got cool. some good stuff in there. Um, so the first one for hot from the oven, it's this recipe. I know, I know going viral on TikTok, <laughs> your favorite. My favorite thing. Um, it's called puppy chow truffles. Oh, and it's, first of all, I was a little confused. I was like, is this for your dog or is it no, for No, I know what that is. Yeah, so I have some photos here so you can see. But basically, it's a no-bake recipe. It's Chex Mix cereal, peanut butter, powdered sugar, vanilla, and then um, you have like a coating of powdered sugar. So... First of all, have you had this or have you made anything similar? No. I'm feeling like you don't like it already. (laughs) I'll tell you. No, I have. I So I think we need to explain to people what What Chex Mex is. is, Yeah. And then what what puppy chow is. Right. So you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Chex Mex is a brand of like this crisp. Uh, there was pretzels, crisps in there. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little squares with the holes. Those little squares, holes in them. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's like um, a bag of uh what's the word like like just pretzels and snacks like Like a bag of snacks yeah and then um so then online um especially when you go on pinterest you see this thing called puppy chow where i'm not 100 percent sure but that is so they take a big bag of chex mex and then Mm -hmm. they cook it with some other stuff in the microwave what do they cook it with you know and like i'm not sure but i think and they coat it right yeah it's like with stuff like i don't think it's chocolate or anything but like they do a mix and then they melt it all together in the microwave. And then this is puppy chow. Yeah. So this one is the truffle version. Well, that doesn't, yeah. So this I know. is like you take the peanut butter and the rice cereal and I and the powdered sugar vanilla. And I'm, I think you like you blend it all you together. You blend it into a ball. Yeah. And then you put the powdered sugar on top of it. But this is like what it goes back to is this is a big bag of snack food. I think this is just the Czech cereal, though. Yeah, yeah, it right? is. But that's oh, it's still oh, oh, like cereal. I think it's a cereal that okay. they just take. I get you. So Chex Mex, but is it's the same thing. Cereal. It's that like square. Yeah, I have with to. The holes. So, but so now it's a cereal truffle. It's still odd to me. It's very. I, odd. I don't like peanut butter. That's unpopular like, opinion. So this for me is a no go. Yeah, it's like doing like cornflakes or rice krispies or something. And it's supposed to be like a soft truffle. So it seems a little. I don't know. No. It's a little weird. Sorry, I don't buy into that. And I'm wondering your opinion on no-bake recipes. Is that baking? In your opinion. It's not baking. It's just... It's also not food. Okay, there we go. There is Gemma's hot take. It's not baking and it's not food. There's so many easy recipes that you can make. And I just think that taking cereal and blending it up is just like... 
people are smarter than that. Like make a mug cake, make one of Gemma's mug cakes exactly. if you want like a nice, those fun, are good easy, ingredients. quick And thing. they're like, you know, yeah. bit of flour and sugar and raising agents and a little bit of whatever. But you're baking. But you're baking and right. it's good quality ingredients. Like starting out with Chex Mix cereal, I'm it's sorry, it's weird. just not... It's not, that's not very good food. That's not going to sustain your body. Well, it's funny. So then I went on a little rabbit hole of the no-bake baking. And the recipe for William and Kate's, they had two cakes at their wedding. They had their wedding cake and the groom's cake. Yeah. And the recipes were shared recently. Turns out that the groom's cake was a no-bake cake. Very interesting to me. And so basically what it was, let me see, it was called the chocolate biscuit cake. I knew you were going to say that. Really? So I've never heard of it. So so this is a so this is a very, very British thing. Oh, okay. Also, um uh very popular in Ireland, yeah. well known in Australia, uh like Canada, like um I'll be honest, I was reading the recipe, I was a little confused. Because no, you take the biscuits. It's really, it's really simple. So like, I remember years and years ago, there's like this kids program in, in England called Blue Peter. Okay. And it used to be on at like five o'clock at night. And they used to do like <laughs> cooking demonstrations. And right. I remember them very clearly making chocolate biscuit cake. And it's just something that we grew up with. It's really so popular. But it's a mix. So chocolate biscuit cake is the best. When I looked up, it looked gorgeous too, with the ganache on top. So it it, it is, it's really nice. So it's cocoa powder. Butter, right. usually. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some melted chocolate. Yep. Then you go with your biscuits, like digestive biscuits. You crunch them, crunch them up in there. Mm-hmm. And then often, sometimes, some people, which is not always popular with kids, put in raisins and glacé oh, cherries. Oh, no, 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 no. But actually, as a grown-up, it's actually quite nice. Really? Um, but there's different things you can add to it. Okay. Uh, I don't. People don't usually add nuts to it. Yeah. But that's a very, very... And uh, then also, just so you know, in Europe, as a wedding cake... Um, especially the top tier, it's very popular to do that. Huh. And this was the groom's cake. Well, yeah, because he's British. Do you like groom's? Is that a thing, groom's cake? No, it's not a thing. Do you don't like them? I, well, I think they were really popular. Like, all, wait a second now, he had his own cake? Yeah, it said it was his groom's cake. They had their, their regular traditional wedding cake. Yeah. And then they had a groom's cake, and this was his groom's cake. Okay, I, know, I don't think that's a tradition. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember in like the heyday of those TLC wedding shows that I used to watch all the time, (laughs) they always had groom's cakes. And I'm like, this is kind of strange because you already have your cake for your wedding. That's weird. I've never, no, I've never seen that. I guess William committed to that. The no bake groom's cake. Yeah. So if you had to pick, I know you don't like them, but if you had to pick a no bake recipe, would it be that? Or do you have another one off the top of your head that you like? For a cake? For a or any dessert. Um... You know, I love no bake pies just because like oh. they have like cookie crust Wait, and so then like a, creamy an, filling. Okay, fill me in. So um, I'm just trying to think. Like I have a few on on uh, biggerbolderbaking.com okay. that are like cookie crusts, like Oreos or graham crackers Yum. or even mm-hmm. um, ginger snaps. And then say, for instance, one of them like is a, like a no-bake lime. So it's like key lime pie with um, lime juice and condensed milk, evaporated milk, um, some cream in there, I think. Okay. Maybe some sour cream, actually. Usually it's like a mixture. Often they're based on cream cheese, um, cream, stuff that can be whipped up. And then do you chill it? 
Yeah, because I think this said you chill this cake. You have to chill down until it goes rock hard. It goes rock hard. Oh, it does. Because I was looking, and how do you keep the shape of these no-bake cakes? Well, because it sets in a mold. So they put it in a cake tin, and it sets hard in there. Okay. And then you have to slice it, but it it does break, so you have to, like, really slice at it. it. So that's why if you're doing um, one that is – often you would – the ones with cocoa powder, rather – if you do um, fresh dark chocolate – and um, it can be, mm, it, can, it can like set really hard and be very hard to cut. But when you do it with butter and cocoa powder, it can be like on the softer side and just, I don't know, I think I just prefer, I like that and then maybe a little bit of fresh chocolate. Okay. But um, the cocoa powder one is just like, it's just the texture of it is just like yummy. I'm ready. I'm ready to try this no-bake cake. It looked gorgeous. Like the photo that I saw online, I'm like, I would have never known that it was no-bake. Yeah. Like you really can't tell. I think the woman who made those cakes went to the same culinary school as I did. Oh, no way. I could be wrong. I shouldn't, I don't know. I I'm, Possibly. I'll have to look Allegedly. into Allegedly. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't, there's some sort of connection with this woman in Ballymaloo. Okay. We'll yeah. look into it for you guys. Um, all right. So our next topic for Hot From The Oven are moon cakes. I don't know if you've heard of these or seen these. Um, So basically, there's only two main components to moon cakes, the filling and the dough. And the one that I looked at was a sweet moon cake because Mm -hmm. I think they do them with pork I was reading, things like that. This one is mung beans and matcha, which I know we've spoken about matcha. What's a mung bean flavor? And what the flavor is, I don't know. It's just beany. Like, I I, I have to say, like, I'm not. Like, to me, it's Beans. beans. I, I'm really yeah. not familiar with it. Okay, okay. Um, I, I know, so I know the mooncakes you're talking about, and I yeah. think we just missed the, like, high season of where, um, is it like, oh my gosh, um, I'm trying to, th- I just, the history of them. I know that in October there was like a cel- there's a Chinese celebration. There's a there's a cel- autumn. Is it autumn? Is it like is it um what's the word? I think it might be solstice, like autumn solstice, autumn solstice, or so- or something yeah. like that. And then it had um when I was reading about it, there's a specific mold just for these yeah. that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was surprised because it said 15 minutes in the oven, uh, and then. The crust they're describing is crumbly and dense, sweet and sticky. I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, but it got me thinking, so have you made mooncakes or like how difficult do you think this pastry is to make? Um, it sounds sort of delicate. It, it's kind of, so I didn't make mooncakes. This year we were going to make them, but then okay. we realized we missed the holiday. So yes. I actually have the molds here in the house. Oh, wow. And we got um, red bean paste to put in mm-hmm. as a filling and stuff like that. Um. I, I don't actually, I, so I know I know what they look like. I'm familiar with them. I've never yes. actually eaten one, to okay. be honest with you. I haven't either. And I've heard they're really good. Ami, who works at me on our culinary mm-hmm. team, she's had them and she said she, they're really good. So I was leaving it up to her expertise right, to make them right. because that's not the kind of thing that I am very good at. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I was thinking like pastries, it seems a little daunting for a first time baker. But do you think something like this is doable because you have the the molds? You have the molds and stuff. It is a little bit. It, it, I, um, it's, I don't, I think it's more inter, an intermediate okay. to advanced recipe. Okay. So maybe yeah. start with like a more basic pastry yeah. and work your way up. Like it's just that there's, I think there's specific rules about making these and I just don't yeah. think it's very, as straightforward as like a hand pie would be. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, they, it was very interesting. And then I saw, that, like we said, you could do savory, I believe, and sweet, um, 
Okay, so this one is fun. So Channing Tatum, he made a Halloween cake with his daughter, um, Everly, and I will show you that right here. It's really cute. I know. Um, You guys, I think it's on his Instagram if you guys want to check it out, but it's basically a sheet cake, I would describe that as, Yeah, with a decorated um, ghost for Halloween. So I was wondering, have you started cooking with George yet? Have you done any Halloween recipes with him? Yeah, um, George and I have done like quite a lot in the kitchen together. Uh, the, um, we haven't done any Halloween recipes. Okay. But we did um, animal cracker cookies. Yes, those are so cute. And the, the um, uh, what's the gold, the goldfish. Yep. And so ever since George was really small, I used to have him in the bouncy chair in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And when he was young, when he was first born, he was a month old before we went into lockdown. And oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, so so he was so we spent a lot of time at home and a lot of time cooking right. and baking because the whole world was at home baking right. and like we just became incredibly busy. So I used to bring him into the kitchen with me, put him in the bouncy chair and give him a personal cooking class and talk oh. him through everything that I was doing. I'm pretty sure he didn't appreciate it. But he will. Um, he will someday. Yeah. No, he's good. He's a good little helper. He loves to help and we have a little um a, sh- a sous chef stand for him in the kitchen. And he pushes that, he drags that across the kitchen so he can stand up at the countertop. And so, okay, so for like new parents, is that your advice? To just get it's, them it's, in it's as exposure. early? Yeah, okay. like, and even though they're, they are going to make a mess, like today right. went with George, we made a chocolate cake. And before we'd even started, like we hadn't even started making it and there was cocoa powder everywhere, everywhere. And his shirt was destroyed and his apron was destroyed and he had chocolate on his face and he had chocolate in his hair. And it's just, it is what it is. Right. Uh, if you don't want that to happen, then then don't bring them into the kitchen. You really have to just kind of, you know, as parents, especially of young kids, you let a lot of stuff go. (laughs) You're like, all right, there's no need to worry about it. If you're going to bring them into the kitchen, I think you've already, you already know what you're, what you're in for. And is there a recipe? Cause I know like you made the animal crackers and the goldfish. Is there anything that you'd recommend starting with or just sort of find something and include them in it anyway? I would say include them in anything. I tell you what I do. Um, every day, um, I make George a smoothie, which he calls Moonies. Oh. And um, so what I do is it buys me some time in the morning when like we don't have the TV on mm-hmm. and, and I need him to be kind of busy. I bring over his sous chef tower. I give him a chopping board and he has his own little kind of cutter, which isn't sharp, Not sharp but yeah. it's it's for cutting. That's awesome. And I give him a little bit of the fruit that we're going to have in our Mooney. So like oranges, apple, carrot, whatever it is. And I just let him chop at it. And he usually like often he'll just pick up the apple and start eating it. I saw the other day the orange slices ended up in the... In the, in the Nutribullet. In the Nutribullet, but we were not making in the Moonies, container. But not yeah. in the container. He just started piling it into the Nutribullet, but not in the container. Just um, on the blade. He yeah. was like, just, yeah, yeah. That's and, super funny. Um, but he just let him chop. Uh, and he's, and honestly, he doesn't really chop stuff. Like he'll hold the knife, uh-huh. he'll pick up the fruit, he'll throw the fruit on the ground. But it's, it is what it is. It's you just know? about getting him in here and yeah, like comfortable. It, in the kitchen he's only 20 months in a few months he'll really get he'll he'll kind of it'll all start to click with him right the one thing that I was never told as a kid and that I would I would be very cautious about like telling George is that like you're not allowed to help you're not allowed to do something like I was led Mm -hmm. into the kitchen and just bake and most of the time I wasn't even supervised often in the evenings I would just uh, be in the kitchen making like buns and and cookies and things like that and my mom never told me no my mom never told me that I wasn't allowed to use yeah she was like I wasn't allowed to use her ingredients I made a mess which I made a huge mess oh my gosh yeah um 
I, I think did it every the best nice. way. I mean, I remember my dad, he, he's a chef. And one day he brought home like the chef hats and the coats from work for us to borrow. Yeah. And my brother and I had like a cook off. I was in like third or fourth grade maybe. And we both picked a recipe and we had a cook off in the kitchen. It was a mess. And then they judged us. It was super fun. That's my, you hear that timer? Yes. It's my chocolate cake. It smells really good in here, guys. It's chocolate <laughs> it cake in the oven. Decadent. Um, yeah, I think just growing up and having, being included in the kitchen and having that be such like a part of my childhood and now that you're doing with George, it's so awesome. So maybe he'll grow up to be a baker. You yeah. Know. But yeah. anyways, it's good because he'll know, like if he goes off to college or something, he'll at least know the basics for how to but that's make it. his own food, you know? Um, like my mom made sure that all of us was five kids in my family oh that my we gosh. could all cook before we left the house. Okay. So, um, and even like, honestly, they don't have to be master chefs, but even if you can like make your own pasta sauce and totally. boil pasta and you know how, like, I don't, like, it doesn't have to be anything complicated, mm -hmm. but like baked potatoes and like chili and things like that. Like those, those lessons are so valuable. And then if they enjoy doing it, they'll just build on those skills that on, um, Experiment. As, yeah, on, yeah. After, you know, with time. And like, it's just such a wonderful skill to pass on to somebody. And it's something that they will, they will like, they'll always have. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll always be able to build on that, like you said. Okay, so this week's grain of salt is a little different because I saw this article and it said everything that you need to bake cakes according to professional bakers. Mm -hmm. So I didn't pull out all of them. I pulled out some of them and I wanted your opinion and to get your thoughts on some of these tools. Some of them I have never heard of, to be honest. I'm pretty sure I know some of them before you tell me, okay. but go ahead. <laughs> okay, the first one's pretty simple. A pastry knife. For cutting even layers. This knife was like expensive. I think it was around like $60. I'm like, can't Are you, you serious? Yes, it was expensive. I was shocked. I'm just like, can't you use a normal you don't knife? Need, you don't need that. You need a serrated knife. So number one. Like a one, bread knife. Yeah, a serrated okay. bread like with, with teeth. You need okay. a, a knife with teeth. Um, I'm, I, I think maybe there's another thing that you can buy. You can buy these molds mm -hmm. to put cakes in to slice them evenly, which I thought, I think maybe, is, I don't know if that's on your list, but that's also a thing. Okay. No, you do not need a cake knife to cut a And what's cake. the purpose of the teeth on the knife? So, um, so often people, um, you'll, so the thing about knives is you're supposed to use them the way that they're designed. Okay. And with a chopping knife, mm -hmm. you're supposed to kind of go down like at one point go down at one point okay. and hit on the other yeah and a go rock. back and forth and rock back and forth okay serrated knives you are not supposed to do that you are supposed to go with the motion <laughs> I know I can see your face already I might have made this mistake once or twice you need to go with the motion <laughs> of the knife so you go back and forth Got it. so you have to saw with a serrated knife with a serrated knife like you never chop you don't like um mince things you don't like chop car carrots you always uh saw back and forth so for bread um, like for cutting cakes, you would never slice, or you should never slice a cake in layers with a chopping knife, always a serrated huh. knife. And if you go back and forth and back and forth, the way it's supposed to be used, your cake won't break apart. It, it Because you're not dragging a knife right. through it, you're gliding a knife through this it. This makes so much sense. And I'm embarrassed to admit more often than not, I've cut cake layers with like a small short knife and then you're trying to like get oh my it gosh, through Gina, a whole and then mess. you're going all the then way around then you're patching it. it with pieces that have come off my mom has these pans that they're just like your metal round cake pan yeah and, and they've the, got lines in the middle no. no the bottom has this like 
Oh, I don't know how to explain this so people can visualize. It has this thing spring. that you go around so and those like, are it doesn't super, stick. Those are super old school. But yeah, there's, I think they were my grandma, like yeah, her, yeah, yeah. maybe my great grandmothers. And they have like that thing and you just you push it around the edge yeah. and then it takes it off from the bottom. We had those in Ireland in the 80s. I and love them. They're old school. You don't see those anymore. No. Yeah, they're, they're really great. cool. They I are. think one of ours is broken, but you know, we're still holding on to it. Because once you have a good pan, it's like the best. Okay, this next one. I can maybe see why you would need this. It's a pastry brush. The first reasoning I was confused by. It said first you can use it to brush away crumbs Mm -hmm. from the top of the cake layers as you work so you have a clean surface for frosting or you can use it to soak your layers with like flavoring and things like that, which I understood the second one, but I didn't know you had to brush crumbs off your cake. You do. I, I don't disagree with that. It's nice to have a pastry brush. If you're a baker, you should have a pastry brush in your, and you're not talking about a specific cake pastry brush. They're no. talking just pastry brush. Right. So it is nice to brush away crumbs, especially when you're, when you're, when you're decorating. So that, that is an important one. Um, and then if you soak your layers, your cake layers in uh, some people are like uh, it booze, flavoring, stock syrup. Um, often people, which I'm, I don't agree with, but um, do a stock, a sugary water syrup huh. to soak layers of cake, which is already supposed to be moist. To make and sweet. it just sweet, more sweet. That doesn't yeah, sound. It does. Great. It's not. I don't. I, I personally Ooh. don't do it, and I don't recommend doing it. Okay. Um, but you but, would recommend the brush. Get a brush. Okay. Yeah. And they, they should be pretty inexpensive. Yeah, and if you were crazy. to do something like, if you're making Black Forest Gatto and you wanted to Ooh. do some kirsch or like some sort of cherry liqueur on mm-hmm. your cake and not soak it in it, um, a little brush with with the, with the alcohol would be like perfect. It evenly spreads it out. Yeah. Sort of, so it's not, I like it that. It soak it. Okay, okay. You've, you've convinced me now. Yeah, what's the next one? The next one is a bench scraper. So, yeah. I need this explained. Lifting layers, smoothing out frosting around the sides. That's important. That's really important. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So lifting layers, does that just mean picking them up and placing them on top yeah. of each other? So what uh, the bench scraper that they're talking about is a cake one. So the bench scrapers are most commonly used uh, they're for bread, okay. for scraping your, your bread bench. Um, when you're working with bread, you don't want to have old dough on your table or like um, to to make its way into your new dough when you're mm. rolling or whatever. Like because that dough sense. that dries out is is not good for anything. Right. So you use these bench scrapers to get all your dough off your your counter. It um, they work really well. The bench scraper for cakes is a bit different. It's more like a shovel. It's much bigger, huh. and um, they're often much bigger and. You uh, you do it for lifting the layers, which is really good. Then um, sometimes it's the, it is the same one or maybe a different one, but um, they're quite long. And you, if you have a high like tiered cake, you have a bench scraper. So rather than go around with a palette knife, you have this bench scraper. You hold the bench scraper in place. You don't move it. You swivel the cake kind of into oh, the bench scraper and it goes around and it makes it nice and even and even I like that yeah I don't do it I've never because I'm not a big cake decorator so I never right. uh, got one I never saw I never found the need for one but um it makes it much simpler yeah you see on Instagram and oh like, yeah TikTok, those videos like, all the time all the time yeah totally. it just makes like it makes life so much easier this next one this will be the last one we do but I know you're gonna have thoughts about this I, I saw this and had to add it Baker's Joy nonstick baking spray no because this no. said it already had flour in it but I know you don't like baking spray no so you would prefer to grease your pans yeah. get a little bit of butter grease your pan and flour it less complicated just keep it simple just do like just do that don't okay. buy those sprays yeah okay. I just don't recommend it for your health 
Yeah, not great. Not that I know a huge amount. I, I just, like, I'll tell you why I say this. I worked in a bakery for a year mm-hmm. um, and it was um, in the basement of a casino. Oh my God. In case you didn't think I lived a glamorous lifestyle. <laughs> and for a year, we sprayed these trays with, all our trays with Baking these sprays. Spray. With palm. Oh, I shouldn't say that. But with the spray. Spray, yeah. And, um... I remember being down in the in the basement of this casino and like and I'm breathing this in and like all knowing like this is not good for you and all day spraying mm-hmm. all the pans all the trays everything. Um, no, I just I just don't believe that they're good for you. So like just melt a little bit of butter, have a little butter bowl in your fridge, and a little um, a little Paper towel pa- a pastry or... brush. Okay, like oh, you have for your cake. There yeah. you go, guys. And then just do do it that way. Okay. Yeah. No, it makes it easier and one less thing that you have to worry about getting. Okay, so to wrap up, we're going to do our Ask Gemma. We have three for you today. Our first one is, could you please recommend a stand mixer aside from KitchenAid? Which I think is actually a really great question because those are obviously a high price point. So maybe if there's other options, this is from Grima Kara. Okay, Um, that is a tough one. Okay. So um, I can only speak to what I have used I know some stuff that's, so there's lots of brands now who are starting to do kitchen mixers, which is great, mm-hmm. kitchen brands. Um, I think Breville does one. And Breville is, uh, it's cheaper than a KitchenAid. It's a good kitchen brand. And um, there's other, there's brands like that that do kitchen mixers. I'm just trying to think now off the top of my head. I used to use, which I guess is there a difference. So growing up, my mom had the handheld mixer mm-hmm. with just the two like beaters yeah. on the end. Yeah, Sunbeam. Is it less effective than a KitchenAid or is it's it just, just the engine is not as the same yeah. so you get more power when it's the whole stand okay when it when it's a it's a proper it's machine free it's, it's a hands easier. free um so no I would say honestly research it go if I were you I would go on Amazon I would read all the reviews mm-hmm. like that's really important KitchenAids are a pricey ticket and it's unfortunate for the longest time that they were your only option for a kitchen mixer mm-hmm. but now luckily so many options and um, there are a lot of options I would say be very very careful about getting a cheap machine they're okay. on Amazon there are some cheap machines and um if you read the reviews you'll you'll find out straight away there might be a waste of money yeah so, so just do your research do your research I have one that is um a wolf machine which is uh is more for commercial mm-hmm. baking and it's not the average like it's not not the average baker is not going to have it in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really great. It's really powerful. I absolutely love it. For the volume of baking that I do, it's it's perfect right, you for need me. need something that... But yeah, no, there are options out there. But I, I actually, I should look into it myself now that you asked that question. Okay. Next question is from Teresa Bellick. Why do my chocolate chip cookies get hard the next day? Um, I think that's just... Like storage thing? Well, I think you're supposed to just eat them in the one yeah. day, right? I can't. They're gone. Yeah, the day like, I make them. <laughs> I always would say make them the next day. And if you have them the next, if so eat them that day, always. I always just bake off enough because I always keep mine in my freezer. So I bake off enough and then to have them fresh. Dough, and then right. I keep dough in the freezer. So mm-hmm. then you bake them off fresh. What I have done before, and this is really sneaky, and I only, I only <laughs> learned this trick a little while ago. When you do have those day-old cookies yes. and they've lost their gooey center and, and they're mm-hmm. not like they came out of the oven, put them on a tray, put them into the air fryer or back into the <gasps> oven on a tray. Just oh. warm them through. Just like warm them through. You're not baking them. Right. Warm them through and you get a brand new cookie. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. And yeah. we've talked about this on the podcast, but Gemma has a recipe for her 
gooey chocolate chip on Bigger Builder Baking. Yeah, I've got which a you might really want to check good um, chocolate chip cookie. It's my, it's honestly it's my favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe of ever. all time. Yeah, so of try, anybody's cookie. Maybe try a couple recipes and see if that helps too. Yeah. Also, it could be the recipe. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Our last one. This is from Carol Fisher Pryor. Salted butter versus unsalted. Do you have a preference or is there a reason one is used over the other? Yeah, there is. People like to use unsalted because so they can regulate the salt themselves in the recipe. Got it. Um, so that's the main reason you would always see unsalted. I always use salted. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't salt, think I've ever paid attention. No, salt is flavor. I, I always, and, and I add salt in also. And it's never a detrimental amount no, in the salted butter, right? It's, it's not, not crazy. And it's never like... I never make crazy salty baked goods, right. but I always personally use salt. It is a preference. If you have somebody who um, is supposed to have a low sodium diet, then mm-hmm. then absolutely go for for, sure. for no sh- for no salt. Um, and you can even cut back in the in the salt in the recipe if you want, but it does add flavor and it enhances the flavor of the other ingredients. So I always use salt. Butter in the U.S the quantities of salt isn't regulated. So you get varying degrees of it in butter. I had no idea. So there's some that are quite salt. They're saltier than others. So I think that's why for safety reason, lots of bakers just say use unsalted and then you control it. So it makes sense to me. I just don't do it. Okay. I don't either. I'm like, I should pay attention to that more often. All right. Well, that was it for this week. Thanks for listening, you guys. As always, you can find Gemma on Instagram. At Gemma underscore Stafford. Yep. And then check out Bigger Boulder Baking for the recipes we mentioned today. And you can check out our Instagram at Need to Know and find me at Gina Burzow. And we will talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.